heroic he comes across. Good evening, everybody. Um, it's your Juno for the week. Um, our uploads have been a little spotty at best for the past uh, week and a half or so. There's actually a um, a deep state sort of yeah. plot. They're out to get I'm us. Actually, I'm actually being gang-stalked right now, so that's why, I, you know, I yeah. have to keep moving. So you know it, how in America they have, like, QAnon? Um, yeah. Here in, here in Canada, we have, like, a, it's, it's, it's called Zedanon. I thought um, it was there's actually like a Canadian deep state. Um, I thought I thought it was A and on. No, because that's too obvious. A and on was proven to be a hoax. Oh, so so they they went like reversal. Like you know how it's like the Illumin all those Illuminati confirmed videos where it's like yes we're confirming the Illuminati in like super subtle ways, but you can still just notice them out in the open. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's like that. Like they they just flipped it exactly, up a bit. and and so. Okay. Um, yeah, the deep state's been out to get us, which is well, yeah, specifically our, out to get me. Uh, I mean, they've been they they've been overloading me with schoolwork uh, in the hopes that you know I'll just go outside for a walk and they'll be able to put me in a in an unmarked van and just take me away. But they um, gave me three essay proposals in one week. Yeah, I cannot believe the deep state. The the fucking Canadian deep state and the uh, the academic industrial complex is uh, preying on my downfall. Yeah, but. So, I think today, the main thing we're going to focus on, um, well, we have two sort of main topics, but we already recorded our live reaction to the debate and talking afterwards, just, you know, in a kind of uh, Greek discussion forum with none of the nuance. Mm -hmm. um, and none of the intelligence either. <laughs> yeah. And so now I think we're going to, you know, the, the dust has settled. It's been almost 24 hours. So I think we're going to as much as I hate this word, unpack the debate. Go on and I think we're going to talk about what happened, what worked, whose mind was changed. Spoiler alert, nobody's. Well, actually, and... there's some interesting polling results there, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. So, yeah, and... I mean, we're, we're also going to talk about the Armenia-Azerbaijan conflict. And? Um, and a little bit of uh, Kony 2020. And? It's not about... Oh, okay. We have a guest. Oh, yeah. Introduce yourself, Oscar. I'm here. I am Oscar. And, uh, yeah. I'm not sure what else to say. That That's about how it went when we when we put Joe on the spot to introduce himself. I think it was almost well, he exactly said, like he that. Well, he said, well, no, because it was funny. Because he said he's a long-time listener, first-time caller. And then in the uh, Hexing the Moon episode, when we had Tasha on, who's his girlfriend, she said the same thing. And I was like, "Damn, that's like a big brain moment." And I think we want to get both of them. On that, that's a that's a callback. Yeah, yeah. Should, should I? Those uh, are our two best. Should episodes. I redo my intro and say, "Yeah, I'm a long time listener, first time caller." Long time caller, first time listener. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Do you even listen to the pod? Uh, I've listened to a few. I've listened to a few. We won't we won't be hurt if you say no. Don't worry. <laughs> Not a lot of people do. It's an exclusive club. That actually, not. a lot of people listen to the pod. I'm actually surprised every week when I look at the numbers. Yeah, we're uh, we're going. Yeah. To the moon. Yeah. Non okay, maybe erosion. maybe not I, quite that far. I will, I will, like, I will, I will hit a point because Google in my recently, home to play Juno We Beach. recently printed a new run of shirts. Uh, you know the ones that no one actually bought, but um, it's like well, in, okay. That's because we had a stupid method of distribution. Yeah. Um, but in any case, um, we have a new batch of shirts. Um, it, it, the logo is a lot bigger now. Um, Malcolm has seen the picture of what it looks like. It looks great. It's sexy. There, it's like a dark sort of military green background, and then just our logo, and then Juno Beach in block letters. Because um, we're imperialists. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, if, if anyone's interested, you know, we're gonna. Well, we'll we'll have a rollout plan, and we'll, we'll, do we'll it figure this time. we'll figure something out. Yeah, our our distribution numbers are not very high at the moment. Our our <laughs> production numbers, but you know, yeah. we'll get there. Um, and so yeah, in money. that regard, um, yeah, we mentioned the discussion forum. We'll be posting the forum itself um, as an independent. I feel like calling it a, calling it a, a discussion forum is giving it a lot too much credit. That's true, but it doesn't matter. We're gonna post that. Yeah. Um, those are our, like immediate thoughts and the thoughts of some of our fans. Um, and if you ever want to um, participate in those, we have a Discord. It's on our Twitter. We'll tweet it out yeah. again. Um, and, um, so, uh, as well, like, if you want to follow us on social media, get updates, get notified when we have a new episode, um, 
get notified when we're doing another live event where you can participate. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter uh, at Juno Beach Pod, J U N O B E A C H P O D. Si vous êtes français, nous nous parlons en anglais sur cette balado, mais sur notre Twitter, nous sommes bilingues. Alors, vous pouvez parler avec nous en français sur notre Twitter, c'est at Juno Beach Pod, at J U N O B E A C H P O D. I think we may as well just sort of get into it. So, the debate. I Trump think we won. should start with Trump with may one. have won. Trump may have won, but the American people loses. Okay, no, 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 no. You don't say that because <laughs> I keep seeing like fucking blue check CNN host Barry Weiss type of people. Yeah. Being like Biden may have won, but the American people lost, and so Ben Shapiro I, tweeted I that actually, which was it. very strange. Ben Shapiro said that. <laughs> That Biden won? No, he said that. Yeah. No, he said uh, Trump may have won, but the American people lost. Well, because Trump, <laughs> Trump, you know, ran the Ben Shapiro playbook perfectly, yeah. which is you know that the person you're up against is you know less. I don't want to say less mature because that's the whole Ben Shapiro shtick is that he goes and debates like second year college, yeah, or no, like second year college students when he's like how you know however old he is, it's like 40. forty. Yeah, and, and then. But with Trump, I mean, it's not that Trump is more mature, it's that he has more of his marbles left, yeah. right? So he's just able to kind of run interference and gish gallop all around Joe Biden, who's just sitting there like, oh, well, I don't actually like, I don't actually support the Green New Deal, I don't actually support uh, sweeping health care reform, and then Trump just going, yeah, and you just lost the left, which is like, yeah. I don't know whether, well, okay. you know, Trump, so... I don't know whether Trump's cocktail of drugs is better than Biden's, but in any case... Well, I, think, I mean, so because Trump gets the CIA stuff, whereas yeah. Biden has to fund his own. Like, uh, but no, he... I was I was actually thinking, you know, Trump, I think both camps uh, have realized that they're not going to be able to swing each other's supporters. No. Um, no. So I think Biden's strategy has been very clearly at this point to whatever appeal to however many of the 50 moderate Republicans he can, or like, yeah, uh, anti-Trump Republicans he can swing, you know, go for the moderates. Uh, and, like, appeal to people's decency and do the hmm. coronavirus thing. But I think <laughs> we just saw the rollout of a Trump strategy, a new Biden-specific Trump strategy. You know, we talked about in the past how Trump fully expected, as he was right to, that he would be running against Sanders. Um, well, that's why, that's why there's and so he hasn't much changed of the... strategy. But I think at this point, Trump's strategy is not to try and win anybody over, but to simply split the left well, yeah. from Biden. Which, which and convince left-wingers not to vote for him. Well, yeah, and because, you know, we were saying it again and again in the in the live stream and everything, but they're flanking Biden to the left, which is something that I, I you know, as much as I hate being right, I said it before that if the Trump campaign wants to win... Now, the Trump campaign obviously isn't going to do anything like committing to Medicare for all. I think that was a bit smooth-brained on my part to assume that they would do something like well, that. Well, I mean, they did it in 2016. But you know what what they're doing is they're they're not even necessarily committing to being more left-wing than biden they're simply saying biden isn't left right yeah him talking trump talking about the crime bill mm-hmm. right trump, well no that's the thing like trump but it's it's a, it's a bit of a weird it's a bit of a dissonance um because like in one sentence trump will be like biden is like literally teaming up with the communists and then in the next he's like but the communists hate him. Yeah. So I don't... Like, I feel like they need to figure it out. I feel like it's a new strategy, but I think it's a good one. Like, I don't know how many leftists, like, are actually just going to, like, listen to Trump when he says stuff like this. But if no. you can saturate people. Um, and, and But, yeah, and, and I think the, the real depressing part of the debate was, you know, when, when the interruptions were at their peak and he managed to get biden to say that he's not committed to the green new deal because it still says on biden's website and you know i checked this morning i don't know if it's still there that biden supports the green new deal yeah right so if and if you know and oh well i still you know i still think that we should have gasoline cars and oh i, I you know I, I think that you know my health care plan will be better but oh it, you know it's not bernie and yeah like you I'm said i'm doing the, the scream crying wojack right now yeah and the 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 Trump campaign against Bernie would have would have been fairly easy. You know, oh my God, he's a communist. Look at, you know, they would have brought up all the shit that MSNBC and CNN brought up in the primary. That he has close relations with, with Cuba. 
right? And that he, he wouldn't, you know, fucking start a war with Venezuela. It would be an easier campaign for the for Trump to run against Bernie, but that doesn't mean it'll be that doesn't mean it'd be a better campaign or that they'd be more likely to win. Yeah, maybe less likely to win. Because, you know, at le- Bernie, who, whose politics are at least somewhat grounded in material conditions, and wow, look at me using that word again. But I'm really proud of you. <laughs> uh, not to I remember when I was explaining to you, like, a year ago, uh, what, like, neo-imperialism was, and now here you are using words like material conditions. You've read Gramsci before I have. Yeah, let's let's fucking go. Uh, not to yeah. cut in, but I've just checked, and uh, I can't find a green new or green new deal on uh, Biden's website. No fucking. Oh, they way. had to remove it. Are you serious? Yeah, I can't find it. I've just like I, oh, I, no. I looked through all the categories and just control left for green, and they can't I can't find anything. No way. But that's so, that's how they're gonna do it, right? And no well, matter- it's just like how Pete Buttigieg was clearly gonna be Biden's VP pick, and then. Uh, in like the last debate with Bernie, he committed to having he panicked and committed right. to having a woman VP, and then God, they that, de- that debate was fucking glorious. That was not that debate hurt. <laughs> that debate hurt me. Um, oh, come on, man. But no, like la- yeah, last night's debate. I feel like I I enjoyed that a lot more than a lot of people did. Because again, we both neither one of us went into like. All the all the radlibs that I follow on Instagram and on, and on Twitter losing their mind right over, you know, oh my God, Trump was interrupting and oh he was so disrespectful and oh my God, how could he bring up Bo Biden, which you know is is hilarious. I'm sorry. No, you know what? I, honestly, like, I, I, I think... look. I'm gonna say it. Like, I find Joe Biden to be like personally and like politically a despicable human being, but I think uh, I I saw a good point being made on this that. You know, he is very clearly somebody who has a lot of love for his children. And that's something that Trump doesn't understand. Um, And I I think that if he can keep having those two son moments, the one uh, where he, you know, showed, like, visible emotion for the the dead one, Bo Biden, uh, and then the one where he talked about, like, how he's never giving up on on Hunter, even though, you know, he's had his problems and and stuff like that, that's what's going to win him. Because those were, like genuinely like actually i was touched yeah, those were like they're touching, not like, compassion they're not moments. they're not gonna win the election on policy i mean that that's a foregone conclusion well so neither I, of these people has any policy yeah. yeah well no well trump you know obviously has a policy and hasn't he agenda. doesn't have platforms no he doesn't have a platform i'm actually gonna look at the trump 2020 website right now see what he promises because he's not talking about any of it most of the Law stuff that most of the stuff that i've heard is just like he's gonna just like keep doing what he's been doing or he's gonna just like exactly go back and the promises he hasn't just keep vibing yet. yeah just yeah you know and i I think um the 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 point that i knew the debate was won was that the one shot the couple shots that they gave us of like the the angle from behind both of the both of the candidates and Mm -hmm. i think in terms of like the ass war i think trump is definitely winning on that in that department (laughs) oh so i i think um you know trump's got a bit of a, a juice uh Juicy dumper going on back there, and Biden. Yeah, really, there's not even a. Biden um, really can't match him on that, and I think you know, for a lot of the uh, the single issue ass size voters, I think that might actually swing them uh, f- far further towards Trump, you know, unless Biden announces some sort of like ass injections for all. Um, Trump is dummy thick, but no, like Trump, I'm, I'm Trump on the has, Trump 2020 Trump the, website uh, right now, and and there is no platforms page. There's a promises kept page, but there's no platform page. For Trump 2020. So, look at that. I've been getting emails from someone pretending to be Donald Trump or someone pretending to be from his campaign, and they're just saying that they need me to come to Washington to discuss what the campaign will be with him. So, what you're saying is you're getting invitations to get human traffic. <laughs> yeah. Great. I think you should do it. I think it'd be funny, like, for I, the I, comedy. You know, like, as a bit for the pod. Yeah. <laughs> Like it, if and you really, talk about how one if of you really, it, being like look, human it, traffic. If, if you, you know, want, like every time someone's gone, one of us is gone. We come up with a new bit. Um, you yeah. know, the first time Declan was gone, uh, and you know I was on with Tasha and Sawyer. Um, you know, we talked about how he was Ted pilled and he was going to start sending you know packages to politicians and university students. And I think in the lost episode that you're never going to hear. There was a whole bit about how I disappeared and I wasn't returning his phone calls. Yeah. And so I think it would be a really good bit 
to just like every episode give an update on your human be like, uh, yeah, Oscar... except it's actually real yeah and I, yeah. I think if you if you want to be a permanent fixture of Juno Beach you know this is kind of like the do it if you're cool moment right like yeah it's like this is your initiation yeah get human trafficked exactly you you have to you know we've said before we're not a journalistic podcast like we, we are pundits we're not journalists oh we lie yeah <laughs> everything we, we say on this we, podcast we love is lying. lie but we're not journalists but i think you know oscar if you wanted to take us to the next level i think a first-hand account of what it's like to be uh, trafficked by the republican party of america i think that would be a, a very thrilling you know i think we could maybe get that in like you know the nation or or you know maybe even jacobin yeah you know, one of hey one you of... get free pizza <laughs> free pizza yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we might even be able so, to swing you an intercept article about it. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and that's that's when we hit the big time. You know, that's when we that's when we start that's when we start raking in the doctor money, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think um, if if you know if you're serious about this, and I think you know if pizza isn't quite your style, you you can wait till you get some of those democratic uh, emails asking you to discuss policy. And then um, you get ice cream. I think you get ice cream. Ice, yeah, you, so you'd get ice cream. Really high quality ice cream yeah. from Jenny herself. I gotta keep my options open. Twenty four dollar a pint ice cream. Exactly. So, but I, yeah, I think you, I think I do it if you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. I, I think uh, you know at this stage we've said a lot that you can't quite call the election yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right, like I we... think this throws it into doubt even further, and this is what I want to talk about. Um, just before you go on, I saw a poll, and there were only like five people watching. Percent of five percent of people watching that debate were undecided, but of the undecided people, this was really interesting. Thirty-two uh, percent said it made them want to vote for Joe Biden more. Eleven uh, percent said it made them want to vote for Donald Trump more, and fifty-seven percent said it made them not want to vote at all. Well, because like. I don't know what goes through your mind to be an undecided voter at this moment, but I'm not about to voter shame anybody. But I feel like watching how much of a shit show that debate was really makes you lose faith in, like... Because I feel like that debate was largely for, like, guys, look how normal it is. See, we, we can have debates. Yeah. We're not missing out on any of the political process here. Well, and yeah, I mean, like, everyone talks about but how badly Trump behaved. Watching, but, like, let's watching... be honest here. Like, Biden behaved pretty badly as well. Nah, come on, man. <laughs> Man. Will you shut up, man? <laughs> and the fact that they had that on a t-shirt ready to go on his site in like three like three hours after the debate, after he said that. Incredible. Just, I honestly mobilize, man. You gotta yeah, mobilize. That is, that is the, organiz- uh, no, not that is the as organization. Not as when he said inshallah. That is the organizational energy that, uh, that you know, us, us leftists really need to give. And yeah, on the point of Biden saying inshallah. Um, you know, critical support for the Biden administration for uh, opposing American imperialism. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, and I think, you know, I was shocked that they... Uh, actually, I'm not you that shocked. You shocked They didn't... They they talked, like, a fair bit about the... Um, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the, the ramifications of the Supreme Court. But I feel like that was... That could have been a... a that was sort of a missed opportunity for Biden. I feel well, as they both made really good points, though. Them, but if they would have drilled That's the down thing, like, harder, that Donald Trump was like, because that was in the beginning. Donald Trump was calm at that yeah. point, and he made a really good argument. It's the argument that I've been making. You that know, obviously, yes, they can I wish do it. Ruth they Bader won the Ginsburg election, and that they can do it with with someone good. But you know, when the American people vote, right? They vote for the president to stay in until yeah, you know, January. But, and he is president until January, and he's going to carry out his presidential duties until January, so why not carry out And also one? how he said that Obama, like, the Obama administration, um, left, uh, like, he said 128 justice seats open that Trump 300. then got... 300. that Trump then got to fill. Yeah. Which, you know, just shows that the Democrats don't... They care about following procedure more than they care about winning. It, yeah. it is much better for the Democrats in their eyes if they, if they lose gracefully rather yeah. than win dirty whereas the republicans you know like if, if i'm a, if i'm one of those five percent of the undecided voters who am i gonna vote for am i gonna vote for the party that is pretty much well not ideal i don't want to say ideologically opposed but doesn't agree with the same level doesn't agree with me to the same level that the republicans do but they're willing to represent what i believe and lose 
Or right. the party of losers and suckers. Or or the or do I go for the party that has some of what I want that I that I know will win by any means necessary? Exactly. I, I think and that applies to the world stage. They're that underestimating how much everywhere. Americans give a shit about the procedure versus just getting what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think you're right there. I think, um, you know, obviously, and, and Biden made a pretty good argument, too, that, like, the American people have already started voting. Like, people, 10,000 people have already cashed their votes. I thought it was more than that. I don't know. Tens of thousands. It could be more. I don't know how many people cast their votes. I don't care. Like, I genuinely do not care. But I, I think, you know, um, the, the, that, that's a good argument. I don't think it wins. Um, you know, and he didn't provide any refutations to the very good argument that Donald Trump has a democratic mandate to govern until January. He does not have a democratic mandate to govern for three years. He has a democratic mandate to govern for four. Um, and I, I don't think Biden beat that. And I think if there were people who were undecided and, and they were... Well, that, that was thing. that was an opportunity. You know, Joe Biden obviously talked about, and, and, and you know, another part of him dropping the ball on that whole Ruth Bader Ginsburg Supreme Court justice um, question was that he didn't seem coherent. He didn't have a consistent line of thinking, which you know we're Wait, not. Shocked. I thought Ruth Bader Ginsburg was murdered by the far right in Berlin in nineteen nineteen. <laughs> Wasn't she that communist lady? What? If only, if only, God. <laughs> I, I don't mean that. I I mean if, look. If only Ruth be, Bader Ginsburg was To be abundantly clear, to be to be abundantly clear, I'm not saying I wish Ruth Bader Ginsburg would have been murdered in in 1919. I'm no, because I been, think both of us are big fans of Rosa. I'm Luxembourg. saying it would have been great if it was Rosa Luxemburg in that Supreme Court justice seat. <laughs> yeah, that would that would have been metal. And you know what? There are no constitutional requirements. Um, to be a Supreme Court justice, like there, it's harder to be the uh, the president than a Supreme Court justice. Um, and I mean, technically, I don't think the Constitution says you have to be alive. Like, I think someone could. Okay, it probably does. I think it'd be pretty stupid, but I think it's completely like constitutionally possible for Rosa Luxemburg to be posthumously appointed. So, so what do we do? We just go to uh, Germany and dig up her grave and then bring it back and put in the seat and just well, say... But I think, I think problem, if, you, if, you because... harness, if you harness enough um, like Twitter lefty energy, I think we can... You know, what we'd handle... We'd handle the logistics of getting her, you know, in a position where she can, you know, make decisions. I think... Like, I don't know, though. Like, she was could, in that you, river. You could, you could establish a... a a sort of Luxembourgist union of all, um, all all 20 of the Twitter Luxembourgists. Well, okay, would... but that's the thing, though, Declan, is that, like, just, like, for, like, fascists, they all, like, adore Oswald Mosley because he, you know, never succeeded, so he never had a chance to, yeah. you know, fuck up well in power. Every leftist sees something in Rose Luxembourg. Nobody ever reads their theory. You know, I would describe myself as a Spartacist or a Luxembourgist because I like her theory, but... You know, all whenever I see like a Marxist-Leninist or some fucking anarchist, well, anarchist is fine. Some like ML or, or or something be like, oh, Rosa Luxemburg, hero of the revolution stuff. I'm like, real anarchist Red Sterner. <laughs> like ever since, like from like 1905 onwards, half of her work was just like, yo, this Lenin guy. Like I like what he's trying to do, but he's also kind of like anti-socialist. Yeah. I mean, the, the two of ML... them had tremendous respect for each other. But, yeah, but like... the MLs, you know... Well, and also, MLs are not exactly uh, Leninists either. I mean, let's be real. If you if say Marx you're an ML... and saw what Marxism-Leninism was, they'd be like, hey, what the hell? Take my name off of this. Yeah. But I think that's kind of irrelevant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look. Trump won. It sucks to say it. I hate the guy, but he won. Right. And, you know, back back to the, the Supreme Court justice question, Trump just being like, yeah, well, we won the election, we get to do what we want, is like the perfect, I guess, I don't want to say a mask-off moment, but like, uh, when they... when It's revealing of the American political system. And, and it reveals that, yeah, we won, fuck you, we can do what we want, which is n never something that the Democrats would say. They would never even think of, you know, flaunting an election when in their enemies' faces... Because they'd be too busy reaching across the aisle to the major to the minority. 
Right? Yeah, it's like this election is not about Republicans versus Democrats anymore. It's Trump Republicans versus Bush Republicans. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the Lincoln Project, right? Or I'm Nancy, crying Nancy, Pelosi, right Nancy Pelosi saying that, you know, America needs... They need to take back their party. Well, yeah. yeah, they need... America needs a strong Republican party. No, the fuck they don't. They don't need a strong Democratic party either. Like, they just don't need either of these people. And they don't need you, Nancy. Good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> no, I, just... I mean, look... I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, I feel like, you know, everyone's always talking about, oh my god, Tulsi Gabbard is a closet Republican because she, she fucked up and quoted Project Veritas. And then, and then Nancy Pelosi says something like that, and they're like, yes, queen! Yeah. Respecting the bipartisanship. And then a bunch of white people post a Lizzo gif on Twitter and they're like, okay, that's enough activism for a day. We're done. Yeah. They make fun of Bernie Bros for only making fun of people online, but at least if someone gets made fun of enough, they can, like, change their mind. But that isn't doing anything. Well, you know what, though? You know what I really respect about in the Bernie wise Bros, words, like, In the wise words online? of one... In the wise words of one uh, Ed Markey supporter, bullying works. Bull <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, first of all, bullying works. But second of all, like... If you're, like, a moderate Democrat, right, and you're running against a Bernie person and the online Twitter mob comes after you, you have two options, right? One, ignore it. Two, and ignore it because the internet has literally no bearing at this point on how organized somebody is in their own writing, right? Joshua for Congress getting less votes than the dead guy is a good example of that. Um, so you have two choices. One, you can ignore it. Or two, you can make a bunch of ads about how all these people on the internet are being mean to you, look like a total crybaby, and lose your election to Ed Markey, like Joe Kennedy did, right? Yeah. It's a simple choice. Like, you I just mean, I, I think with, with, with Kennedy, I think they, he, he like, overdosed on, on adrenochrome before going up. And so that was why he was also, he was always, like, so smooth, right? Because they, mm. they cranked them full of, full of God knows what, um, before they send them out on the campaign trail. So, like, you know, what we saw with Pete Buttigieg... Um, where he like started immediately started balding and actually looking like you know an old like looking far older after the primary ended. They took and, him off his adrenochrome supply. Well, exactly. They they took him yeah. off the the yeah. I mean they, you know all all the all these children are raised. No, you know why? Because he wasn't getting the Obama money anymore, so he could stop. He couldn't afford the Chinese ice cream. I think this is a new breakthrough. Oh my! Wait, it's... this is a breakthrough in the ice cream thing. The adrenochrome is in the ice cream, Declan. Holy shit! Whole okay okay. We're so to, this is why they make have it inaccessible to all the poor people. This is why, like, it costs so little. We're gonna we're gonna do another Ice Cream Gate episode, okay? Because the first one was trash. I'm gonna take the notes. I'm gonna recycle them. I'm gonna add this theory to them. All right, and we're gonna do another Ice Cream Gate episode. You're so close. I think okay. uh, this whole thing yeah, wide I think open. we need, we we need to yeah. we need to go deeper in this. I think this is we... why they're so expensive because they need to stop the poor people from accessing the adrenochrome. Right. And so this yeah. is why all the Democrats are, are showing off. It's code for if you don't want to die at, you know, the regular American age of dying, which is like 70 or whatever, buy Chinese ice cream. You'll get your adrenochrome supplies from the, you know, uh, organs of uh, migrant children that we've harvested at the ice camps, uh, the Obama ice camps, and we put them in the ice cream and you're going to live longer. Think about so it. Okay, so so we've we've made a we've made a stunning breakthrough. We're we're so close. We're so if we just Oscar, I'm saying, man, if we get that Jackman article, we get that intercept article, even the nation, I think we if we can slip this in there and we can blow the whole thing wide open. Listen, bud. Ice cream gate is gonna be like okay, so liberals have Russia Gate, oh. conservatives have QAnon, so it's leftists are gonna have ice cream gate. We need, we need to... I'll look, happily be this. turned into ice cream if it means getting this whole thing blown wide open. You'll be, like, live-tweeting as they harvest your organs. <laughs> Absolutely. Hold up, put the whole thing on Facebook Live. Oh, well, that's Attention actually... Twitter. Attention Twitter. The I'm guy who be... did the autopsy on uh, John F. Kennedy just removed my liver. They're now, they're now putting it through their machines, and they're squeezing as much... Uh... 
as much syrup as they can out of it to put in Jenny's splendid ice. Oh, actually, want to hear a fun fact? Absolutely. The guy who did the autopsy on uh, Robert F. Kennedy also did the autopsies on the autopsy on Jeffrey Epstein, which said he didn't kill himself, and the autopsy on George Floyd, which said he was full of fentanyl. That's a funny I'm not coincidence. Even, so it, is, it is going to That's be that man that is it's ripped. It is going to be that right? man. Definitely, we can just laugh at that and say it's a coincidence. Yeah, and, like, we've already, we have a whole episode about how Robert F. Kennedy, like, was not killed by Sirhan Sirhan. Like, it's just, it's just a fact that he was not killed by Sirhan Sirhan. He was, he had, he was shot, he was shot 13 times, and Sirhan Sirhan had an eight-round revolver that he never would have had a chance to reload. Yeah. And, uh, uh, acoustic evidence shows that there were two guns firing. Yeah. And, every time he gets an appeals process, Sirhan Sirhan, instead of, uh, professing guilt... Uh, to let himself get out, he puts it on the legal record that he believes he was brainwashed by some weird woman in a polka dot dress who was the second shooter that nobody knows who she is. And there are photos of this woman, too. Honestly, so, if anyone if anyone has her number, tell her to uh, to text me expeditiously. I think I, I, think I you know, I... Can we get the real killer of Robert Kennedy on the Juno Beach pod? Honestly, I, I need, you know what, like, I, I need a ride or die, and who else <laughs> than someone who's willing to, to do that I won't, I won't elaborate because you know this is all parody and satire but, in um, minecraft yeah and so i think it's the fourth it's the fourth minecraft mob you can vote on a minecraft live <laughs> is the, the woman, woman in the, the polka, polka dot dress. dress you don't vote for the glow squid anymore by the way vote for the glow squid um yeah so i mean america it's not okay folks i don't really know what to say on this subject more than What's next on the agenda? What we say every episode. This country is literal uh, refuse. Yeah, garbage. Yeah, garbage. Just trash country from the start. I was arguing with somebody in the chat of a Zoom call in one of my lectures I had today. <laughs> um, and he said that... As, you know, as history majors do. As history majors do. Um, and he said that America has, like, never been authoritarian. And I was like... Name one era in American history. Name one. And he's like, you're not even American. You wouldn't understand. Is this the same guy that wrote his entire essay on which uh, which side in World War II had the, the best tanks? No, no, this is a different class. Uh, that, that... that was in my uh, historian's craft class, and this was oh, in my American fun. history, 1877 to 1945. Oh, God, that one was bad. We had, we had yeah, people writing about writing essay proposals, I'm going to determine what the best tank in World War II was. I'm oh. going to determine whether Erwin Rommel was a I bad mean, look, guy. look, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to, it was the Germans, but they also didn't have the manufacturing capacity to make a lot of them. So they it had all these, like, they had all these, The look, engines I, of the Panzers were all right, but the T-34s had the armor and the guns to just fuck them up. It didn't, it, it didn't, yeah, that's all we're going to talk about. We're not going to expand on this anymore, but the Germans had the best ones, but the Russians and Americans and Brits were all able to make more, and that's why they won. It was like 30 to 1 numbers in a lot of the tank battles. On the, Which proves on that the T-34 was better, because it could be manufactured better. So, I, mean, that's I, I think simple. Th this is a nice segue into what we're talking about next, which is the Armenian and Azerbaijan conflict. Is it a war at this point? I mean, both nations are in a state of war, like, declared a state of war, but yeah. I don't know if they've declared war on each other. And thank thank God it's not, like, you know, World War One where we're bound by all these insane treaties. I mean, Iran and Turkey might come into the fight because Azerbaijan accidentally fired missiles into Iranian uh, territory, and Turkey just... You know, Turkey. like you do. Well, Turkey hates Armenia. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean... Yeah. Okay, it's, so, it's, it's incredible that we that we still have Armenian genocide denialists. Oh my god! So yeah, yeah like yeah. the background. There's... You post. You even post the Armenian flag emoji on Twitter, and you will have like fifty people with their like Twitter AVIs being like Erdogan, coming into your replies, being like Turkey strong, Turkey best nation. Yeah, it's like holy god, shit. It's like it's like the K hive, except the, it's just for a country instead of a person. And honestly, I can almost respect that more. Oh, I understand patriotism. It's yeah. just I'm not a genocide denialist. If someone, you know, posted the the, um, you know, I would consider myself to be a Canadian patriot. But if somebody posted a picture of people at a residential school, I wouldn't go into the I wouldn't be searching Twitter for that picture, and then I'd find it and go into the replies, being like, they deserved it. 
right? Like, I think anyone who loves their country unconditionally is kind of stupid. Sorry, going like... like, I think you can like your country. Yeah. You can, you know, be proud of your country and want to protect it, as I do for mine. But uh, I think if, you're, if it goes so far as genocide denialism or, like, you know, genocidal rhetoric, you're not... I think it was just, it was Charles de Gaulle who said, and I don't think this applies, uh, you know, as much because there are, like, different forms of nationalism, but he said, you know, patriotism is when you love your country, nationalism is when you hate other countries. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a good way to sort of differentiate the two, you know? Um, but yeah, so, background here. So, um, uh, in, uh, in, uh, Azerbaijan, in Armenia, which are two countries, uh, neighboring each other, just, uh, sort of near the Caspian Sea, uh, there's this one region inside Azerbaijan that is, uh, heavily disputed, called, uh, the Karabakh region, or, uh, as, uh, they call it, they call it, uh, Artsakh there, which is, uh, a name from the old Armenian kingdom for the region. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, there's basically a lot of Armenians living in this one area of Azerbaijan, and they're trying to, uh, declare independence, or they tried to declare independence back in the they 80s. They did. So, yeah, it was in the 90s. So the, the area 88. is 5%, 5% Azeri, who are, like, uh, Azerbaijani, and 95% Armenian. It was under Armenian control because it was essentially gerrymandered by the Soviet Union, um, in, in the 20s. Um, right, because Azerbaijan had that, was it Azerbaijan that had the uprising, right? Yeah, Azerbaijan right. had an uprising, um, and and so yeah, it was gerrymandered, uh, given to Azerbaijan, um, when both Armenia and Azerbaijan were part of the Soviet Union, um, and that. But however, you know, Armenians have been living in this area. Or ethnic Armenians have been living in the area before the people who become you know Azeri, uh, even came to the Caucasian region. Um, I mean, yeah, this, so, this is going back to, like, literally, like, the 11th and 12th century. No, 2nd century. Oh, even before that, 2nd yeah. century BC, the Armenian kingdom had territory there. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So this is going back 2,000 years, or more than that. And so there's, there's, the only reason anyone would claim the area is Azerbaijani is if they're dumb. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, or, or they're, or they're, like, a Turkish nationalist, right? Or they're, tur yeah, you only, you, the only reason you would claim it is if you're an Azerbaijani nationalist and you hate Armenia, or you're a Turkish nationalist, and you hate Armenia, and either one, you're just like a cringe-ass nene baby. <laughs> Fuck Azerbaijan. Um, Me and all my homies hate Azerbaijan. Yeah. Well, and I don't... I, yeah. They, I, actually, I do. The Azerbaijan, um, I guess... Is, is it a kingdom? No, it's a republic. So, they pay a great deal of money to shut down their city for a weekend and host a Formula One race. Um, oh, Yeah. Well, it's it's a very common. I mean, there's a there's a Bahrain Grand Prix, there's an Abu Dhabi Grand okay, Prix. Okay, but Bahrain and, and and the UAE are like rich as hell. Yeah, and and with Azerbaijan, it's them taking advantage of being able to, you know, for a comparatively small amount of money to host an event like this, they get to show off their old castle right in in mm. Baku. Yeah, and you know Baku's they get to have. No. No, Baku's the capital of Azerbaijan. Yeah. Back oh, the yeah, capital. you're right. No, you're right. So I, they get I to show off their castle, way. and they get to have a, a whole media circus, you know, in, and it obviously it drives tourism there, which, um, you know, it, it is sort of the the gamble that a lot of, because a lot of these state-funded Grand Prix, that you know, they had one in Turkey for a while, and, you know, it, it, was a, it was a fantastically expensive racetrack that they made in order to host a Grand Prix. It was, it's a permanent circuit. It's still there today, even though they, are, they haven't run it in so long. And the, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of these, these states will pay a lot of money, you know, same with the Olympics, right? Or the World Cup, they pay these organizations to drive tourism and make them seem like, oh, look at us, we're, we're hosting everyone here. And look at how interesting our culture is. It is an interesting culture. Uh, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not, I'm, but I'm yeah. saying, you know, it's, it's the, the Azerbaijanis have dumped a lot of money into making their country not look as sociopathic as it really is. Yeah. I mean, look, I've always been pro-Armenian. A lot of my friends... Like, when I have... My, my friends who have, like, ethnic ties to the Caucasian region are all Armenian. My last girlfriend was Armenian. So, like, I just... I just have... I have, like, these, like... 
Anglo-Armenian ties, you know? I feel this thing like incredible loyalty to a country that I have nothing to do with. Um, so like automatically, automatically, I was pissed off when I heard about this. But like, and and you know, I'd, I'd been like dimly aware of this Arsak conflict, um, but I it was kind of. Uh, it, it it also I mean, it, the fact that there were literally videos. I think it, it was posted by Armenia and their government of them just fucking obliterating like a, a tank call oh my god yeah because i sent that to the literally to the, just like just on you on twitter literally just like a video of like an inf- i guess shot by an infantry um soldier and he's just standing there and it's like the super zoomed in and they can just see these like three tanks chilling in this valley and then two of them just get fucking destroyed and that's the video well because the thing is like armenia posts those on its twitter and then they put like this it's almost like one of those default like logos, like YouTube logos that you can download for your gaming channel. And they post like so they, they start out with this logo and there's like an eagle screaming. And it looks like it was made in a budget of like you know, five bucks. It it looks like when you when you're loading into a COD game and it's showing you what faction you're you're on for the game. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly it, it. It looks And then exactly there's just a video like of Armenia fucking obliterating. Yeah. Um, these Azerbaijani forces. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, so Armenia, in the early days of the conflict, uh, Armenia was kind of owning. But now Turkey's getting a bit more involved. Um, and I can see the, the, you know, this is definitely another phase in the proxy war between Turkey and Russia, and, and it could definitely become a phase in a proxy war between Iran and Turkey. I mean, um, the thing is that, uh, People don't want to get too upset with Azerbaijan because there's a lot of oil pipelines running through Azerbaijan from the Caspian yep. Sea. So mm. they really don't want to take Armenia's side too heavily, even though, like, they're clearly the ones in the right here. Yeah, I know. Like, it's their territory. It was a revolution, and then Azerbaijan is attacked first literally every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, but the, I mean, yeah, so this does have pretty serious Im- implications, and, and it goes a bit further, you know. Armenia is an ally of Russia, uh, whereas Azerbaijan is an ally of Turkey. Now, as we know, um, Turkey is building, or at least attempting to build their power base in the Middle East and, and Caucasian region. Um, you know, look at their fairly successful intervention into the Libyan civil war. Look at their... They ate shit in Syria, but the fact of the matter is that they were there and they affected the outcome of the war. And they continue to affect the outcome of the war. You know, look at how uh, they're intervening in in Iraq, um, and, and, you know, I can, I can totally see, and I'll get into that in a second, um, going further, you know, so Turkey is, is trying to build a power base, and, and obviously they have this completely genocidal hatred of Armenians, basically because they didn't finish the job, uh, and when it was the they, their, their belief is that, you know, obviously, in in their view, the Armenian genocide never happened, but it should have, and we should do it. Yeah. Well, Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like that part in Black Klansmen, right? where you have Adam Driver pretending to be a Nazi, arguing with, like, the actual neo-Nazi about, like, uh, whether the Holocaust happened, and, like, one of them's taking the position that it never happened, and the other's taking the position that it did and it was good. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, and I think also, you know, with the United States ramping up, you know, at least at this point it's a trade war, thank God, but ramping up its sort of Cold War-style hostilities against China... And, um, you know, it, it doesn't seem like the U.S. is going to want to get involved unless it directly affects them. And there's also no need for the U.S. to get involved, really. Well, I mean, if, you know, that, that goes for a lot of things, and I feel like you can go throughout pretty much Oh, yeah, and I'm American just saying history. from, like, an imperial standpoint. Yeah, they don't it's have much... It's a useless expense they, they that don't have much, They don't have much to gain by defending Armenia. Yeah, because, like, well, they would, they would side with Azerbaijan because it's a Turkish proxy. Um, and Armenia is a Russian ally, right? So they'd have to side with mm-hmm. Azerbaijan. But like, even if Azerbaijan wins this war, um, the U.S. does not have that much to gain. But like, if Tur- Turkey has a lot to gain, um, and if Turkey benefits, the U.S. benefits, obviously, right? But Be- because there's no NATO. there's no need for the U.S. to invest when Turkey is willing to invest as much money as it's going to take. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, and I can totally see, you know, 
this conflict might be sort of a start to something that I, or a part of the, the beginning to something I'm sort of seeing. Um, and that is that Turkey and the US, but Turkey is like isolating from NATO. Uh, you know, Turkey is one of the latest NATO members, and it, um, it's sort of the, the, the black sheep of NATO. They do stuff without NATO authorization. And I'm not one to defend NATO here, right? But, like, they do stuff without NATO authorization. You know, when they attacked Rojava, they did it without NATO authorization. They keep getting in spats with Greece, you know, another NATO member over the I Aegean mean, Islands. Yeah, and specifically there's a video I, I recall seeing of... You know, Lord knows if it was actually a training exercise or not, but it was like a, I think it was a Turkish fighter jet and a Greek fighter jet. And the Turkish fighter jet, you if you, you watch the video and you can hear the specific tone, that means, because it's all obviously audio tones that the pilots yeah. listen for. It, it's an audio tone of them having a lock on a, a Greek Well, that's jet. a very common thing. You just spook the pilot, you lock exactly. on them, you don't fire. There's, there's you know, these warning systems that will detect the radar waves and tell you when you've been locked onto. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's sort of both sides, you know, specifically yeah, in, in the Aegeans, about, you know, neither side wants to take a very aggressive stance, but they also don't want to back down at all. Mm-hmm. They lose the so Aegeans much more by backing down rather than, you know, fueling up a uh, f- fueling up a fighter jet and having him go out and spook the other guy. Yeah. Which still costs, like, $5,000 a minute, but... Oh, I yeah. Mean, I mean, recently here, um, here in Redacted, um, with the, the Canadian Forces base that's close by, we, we recently had a, a jet fly over. And I just said to all my friends as we were sitting, like, yeah, like, think about how many people's tuition could have been paid by how much it costs to fuel up one of those jets and prepare it and get it out and have that little training exercise. Okay, in fairness, though, our military is too small. Like, Russia I mean, being there were so there the were Arctic. there were rumblings in another group chat of someone from that group chat moderating a debate between us. Oh yeah. And we've I've been racking my brain trying to think of topics, but I think that that could be a, an interesting thing that we could do at a later. We could point. have a good debate. We should do that. And, and, I will and warn I think you. We we, we need we need our we need one real moderator and one moderator that's just going to add to the theater and be like begging both of us to stop interrupting. Like we need like a we need like a, a debate moderator from last night who's just there to yeah. make it seem more chaotic, and we need a real moderator. I will warn you that like you know I'm like an actual like debate kid, right? God, <sighs> loser. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. Still, okay. it's, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So I mean, the the um, you know, Turkey is is always isolated from NATO, and there were rumblings when they invaded Syria, and they shouldn't have, uh, without NATO approval of ejecting them from NATO. Uh, but obviously they can't because, um, America runs NATO, and uh, Turkey contains Russia, sort of like from getting into the Middle East, from getting into the Caucasus to an extent, and they even sorry, contain them from getting into the Mediterranean to an extent. Um, so, even though Turkey and Russia are having a proxy war, but they're kind of friendly at the same time, it's weird. Um, but I can totally see Turkey leaving NATO or getting kicked out of NATO. Um, and, and then we just get another superpower. Well, I wouldn't call them a superpower, but, but I could definitely see d- them... A, a world power, then. Not, yeah, like a, a pretty powerful regional power. Like, they're going to compete for Iran influence you know like everyone's talking about this saudi arabian uh, iranian uh proxy war i don't really see that you know saudi arabia the only ally they have outside the iranian the arabian peninsula is israel um and israel is not for better or for worse not going to last in its current form very long um they just can't um and and so uh you know i i i can see you know with both Iran and Turkey investing pretty heavily into the Syrian civil war and Iran coming out on top, with Iran backing the Kurds, I mean, that's pretty big. And now with Iran rumbling towards backing um, Armenia in this conflict, I can, I can see uh, the the real proxy conflict be- being between um, Iran uh, and, and, and Turkey. And... Because one of them will come out on top, and then they'll be the regional hegemon, right? Um, 
And, and so, and I can even see, you know, Turkey has all these opportunities to intervene in other wars. Um, you know, so yeah, I've talked about them building up their power base in the Middle East and, and Libya. But, I mean, look at this upcoming, almost inevitable war between Egypt and Ethiopia over the Aswan Dam. So, essentially, um, most of Egypt's water comes from the Nile. The Nile starts in Ethiopia and the Blue Nile. Um, and I think it's something like 80-85% of Egypt's arable land uh, is on the Nile. Now, Ethiopia wants to dam the Nile, or the Blue Nile, because um, they could basically create um, very cheap hydroelectricity for them and Sudan, who is between Egypt uh, and Ethiopia. Um, and But the problem is it would like destroy up to like 30% of Egypt, Egypt's um, arable land. So they like they literally cannot afford to have this dam go ahead, which is why, you know, as Ethiopia is building this dam, they're building it with anti-aircraft turrets, and Egypt keeps threatening to just bomb the thing so that they can't uh, open it. And that's going to be a war. Now, Egypt has a very weak military with a very bad military record. Um, and so they would not win a war. I mean, they'd probably, if they're trying to do a land campaign, they'd have to push through Sudan, so it wouldn't happen. But like an air war between Ethiopia and Egypt. That is like a great opportunity for Turkey to intervene on behalf of Egypt, a weaker power, build up a power base in Egypt. And there you get, you know, control of the Suez Canal. That's huge. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, whether or not Egypt comes out on top in that air war. Um, and, and I can also see something pretty big is that the U.S. empire is collapsing, right? So they're going to have to sort of withdraw from Europe eventually. Like, Europe on its own at this point is pretty well-equipped to repel I mean, Russian invasion. Yeah, and, you know, the... the You know, this is not quite a, a special interest of mine, but in looking at specifically the Fulda Gap, right, and how much yeah. United, the United States invested into keeping that defendant. I mean, fuck, the, the, the go-to meme plane for any weird American military-obsessed person is the A-10 Warthog. Yeah, which that was they, designed for it. They designed specifically right down to like the altitude that it would have to be operating at to to operate in the Fulda Gap and be able to take out Russian tanks that would be advancing through that just tiny part of Germany. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're we're obviously not seeing that sort of investment anymore, and so it doesn't it doesn't make sense for the United States to sort of, you know, sit on the fence and. Well, and we're already seeing, you know, America just withdrew a bunch of troops from Germany. Um, and, like, yeah, Russia is not as powerful as it was during the Cold War. It doesn't have its, its, its proxy states. Um, it doesn't have half of Europe. And, and Europe, like, the European Union is quite capable of repelling a Russian invasion if it comes to that. Um, it and, won't. And so I can but... see, I can see um, um, that, like, I can totally see the U.S. withdrawing almost completely from Europe and... and refocusing on Asia-Pacific and the Middle East, right, to maintain their commitments in the Middle East uh, and, and hem in China. Um, and I can see Turkey becoming a guarantor of U.S. interests in the Middle East. And if Turkey leaves NATO, and, you know, America's also made overtures towards leaving NATO, um, like, I can see 100% a uh, sort of an alliance, I guess, more closely between the U.S. as it becomes more authoritarian and these dictatorships and Turkey and, you know, in the Philippines, these Asia-Pacific dictatorships that are friendly to the U.S., um, rather than, you know, these Western liberal democracies. Um, but that's Which just kind of get... throws a wrench in, you know, all of the, the Call of Duty writers are now, like, seething right now. Because now yeah. they, they need to come up with new storylines that aren't just, uh, yeah, guys, uh, the Russians are, are going to try and invade, and they're setting up in the Middle East... <laughs> I, I, yeah. we might we might get oh, to but, see Oh, but it a was a rogue kind of... Russian general. Right. Yeah, they fucking love that. They rogue love that. They, they love that shit so much. This is why I respect that one game that's like, um... That's like Heart of Darkness. Uh, Spec Ops The Line? Yeah, when it's a rogue yeah. American general. Yeah, and you just do all this horrible shit, and then you get to the end, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's... It's that weird genre of American culture that is just Heart of Darkness, but in a different setting. Yeah, which I mean, well, Heart of Darkness, but it's, set in an unethical American yeah. war. Um, 
Yeah, and that's a good game. I've never played it, but I I want to. I, I played it. I I might actually reinstall it and play it again because I, I played it. I know. I, like I know what happens I, at the I end. I bought it. I bought it when I was like thirteen, and I'm like, oh my god, you know, oh it's so cool, you know, third person shooter. I I don't play a lot of these, and so I played through it and. I got to the ending, and I'm like, what the fuck was that bullshit? Yeah. <laughs> Never having read Heart of Darkness or getting the context for it, so... Yeah. It might be interesting for me to uh, replay You should. It. It's a good game, from what I've heard. Um, no, wh- if I want a, a video game that makes me feel like a terrible person, Mass Effect's what I go to. Yeah. Mass Effect 2, specifically, makes me feel, like, awful. Um, because, like, in Mass Effect 1, it's always, like, really funny to be racist against aliens. And then in Mass Effect 2, like, they, 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 they make them, like, people in, like, so many more ways. And so if you want to, like, keep it up, which you kind of have to if you do it in Mass Effect 1, um, you know, and it has political ramifications. You put the humans at the center of the galaxy, in the center of galactic politics, if you, if you do the racist run. And it's like, great, humans are good now. Um, and then in Mass Effect 2, it confronts you with the, that. And then everyone's like, hey, why are you so racist? And, like, I have no response because I'm like, shit, I should not be doing this. So I, I think it's a little bit less, you know, uh, real or less hitting than dropping a bunch of white phosphorus on people and then walking through their bodies. Yeah. Um, but either way. Um, but yeah, and so like I can totally see, um, you know, back to the topic, you know, America and Turkey being friendly. Um, I can... Uh, you know, totally see, yeah, NATO sort of even dissolving, uh, in a sense, you know. Who was always... it? It was, a uh, Macron that said, uh, NATO was in brain death. Well, it's true. Mac- NATO is I, I in... love Macron just because he says shit like that. He, he has, like, like weird things that he talks about, like, when he just talked about he, banning cigarettes for being too cool. He, he might, like, he might, you know, just be, you know, in terms of policy... Like a, a little bit of a, a boring centrist, yeah. But goddamn, if he isn't like, at, at least, at least he he knows how to riff, you know. Yeah. I would I would I would pay minimum ten dollars a month for a, a Macron podcast. Oh hell yeah! And like I feel like Macron, uh, becoming president is like a whole bit to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I, I kind of, I think he's funny. I think he's really funny. And I think... It's just like, they're like bros or whatever. And they're like both supposedly these like attractive young leaders of up-and-coming countries. Except Macron is just like demonstrably more insane. Macron is demonstrably more insane, less corrupt, but also like exudes this sort of like masculine energy that Trudeau yeah. has just like lost. But- yeah, well, now, I've I never seen Macron and Beard Trudeau the, together. The that would beard, be incredible. So the, I think that the, yeah, the Beard is the attempt to um, you know channel his his genetics and uh, try and bring back some of that Fidel Castro uh, you know, masculinity. <laughs> and I I feel like because I forgot Macron about that because Macron doesn't need that. I feel like and you know he obviously doesn't have the uh, the revolutionary quite the same revolutionary blood in him. Um, yeah. I feel like that's why he turned out to be a little bit more of, like, a boring liberal centrist than Trudeau is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, there's there's still that, that what would it be, half Castro just chilling in his bloodstream? Yeah, his well, I, I feel just... like... Well, I actually, that, that is, honestly, that is like, the what? If we, we as, you know, lefties in Canada, if we... I feel like, you know, there's he's like a sleeper agent and that we just need to figure out how to activate him and then we yeah, will what get, the like, is. We will get like a military junta in, in Canada. But like a left wing one. Yeah, exactly. Like a based yeah. one. And 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 like I feel like Macron I sort of see him as this like Napoleon the Third um type of figure. Like he's cool, he's suave, uh he's kind of like has no real policies. But he's still, for some reason, like an effective governor, and he's just—he's just—he doesn't campaign or, or you know, he, he just his politics is vibes. He's like incredibly authoritarian, but like still he, liberal. He's a vibes um, guy. Really, yeah, and and also another thing, fun fact about um, uh, Napoleon the Third, there was not apart from the British ones, there was not a single monarch in Europe whose wife Napoleon the Third had not slept with. Love and that. they all knew Based. it. Dude, dude gets around. Good for they him. They all knew it, 
and they were all okay with it because it was like really it was diplomatic victory because at that point you know the second french empire was uh the most powerful nation on the european continent so they're like hey if he likes my wife he likes my country i guess right so like austria prussia russia um like all god Spain. bless the man i mean look like you know obviously if, if that were to happen nowadays um it would be very irresponsible Funny. um well, it'd be irresponsible, you know, because of COVID nineteen and everything. But I can oh, definitely okay, see, yeah. you know, the uh, the Justin World Tour, um, as it were, maybe catching on with uh, some, you know, maybe I don't know. Um, Turks and Caicos are making moves towards becoming a Canadian province. I think that might seal the deal. I think it would. We, it would. No, you know, if, if we can channel some of that Napoleon the Third energy, uh, Canada might actually be able to expand its borders a little bit. And I think I am. You know, I'm that, a big that's defender. a noble goal. Yeah, I'm a big defender of both Napoleons. Um, oh, don't worry, we know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, look, if Azerbaijan wins, catastrophic. Um, just back on topic here. I mean, we don't have much more in this episode, but if, if Azerbaijan wins, it would be catastrophic. Um, quite simply because they have the express goal of ethnic cleansing in the Arsak region. Yeah, it's enti- it's um, entirely about uh, getting rid of the Armenians. It's about, like, persecution of Christian people there. Yeah, yeah. It's It's... Um, you know, Azerbaijan and Turkey are both, you know, Muslim nations and, and they both sort of feature, um, like their, their Islam heavily in their politics. Um, not in like an Islamic law sense and it's sort of a more secular, but like a cultural sense. Um, and, you know, Turkey has always had the goal of, of removing ethnic, of like Turkification, removing ethnic minorities in this border. I mean, that's what it's done and continues to do to the Kurds. That's what it's done to the Armenians. There was that whole genocide. Um, and, you know, I can totally see that if, if Armenia sort of... If Artsakh falls to the Azerbaijanis, um, which it wasn't, I mean, now that Turkey's getting involved, it might, unless Armenia... I'm sorry, unless Iran or Russia get, get more involved. Um, there's going to be a genocide there, like a very bad one. Um, and if Armenia falls to the Turks, which is, again, possible, um, if Artsakh falls, It's going to be 1915 again. Exactly. Um, if Armenia wins, nothing good, like, nothing but good. Yeah. Right? So like, as, much of a, as much of a cringe meme as it is, I mean, critical support for Armenia. Yeah. Oh, not absolutely. that that does anything, but obviously, I mean, it's a war of anti-imperialism, which, as a general rule, is, gen- is a good thing. It's also and important to remember this, that, case, like, while Armenia's government is neoliberal, it's, like, an actual revolutionary government. Like, there was an actual revolution in, I think, like, 2014, 2015, and the current prime minister was, like, put in place first by a revolution and then, like, confirmed by a democratic vote. So... Based. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's something that maybe is... I don't know. if the, Maybe this is a bad left-wing take, but I feel like that's kind of something we should be supporting right yeah yeah and again it's a the whole critical support for like you know psychotic states just because they're against the united states is a bit of a a marxist leninist meme that critical support for fascist italy and their fight against u.s imperialism in the mediterranean exactly but i i think in this case it you know this is the official expression of juno beach's support of armenia in this conflict oh absolutely we denounce Azerbaijan. We denounce the Azeris. Yeah. We denounce the Turks. Okay, we're not denouncing Azeris or Turks. We're denouncing Azerbaijan and Turkey. Yeah. Okay. I think we have to make that pretty careful. Alright, we'll dial it back. Yeah. We'll dial it back. Um, but, yeah, no. I mean, Azerbaijan specifically is just a, a Turkish proxy state, and it is an arm of Turkish imperialism. Turkey itself is one of the most evil countries in the world. Um... And, uh, I wish that the military coup against Erdogan worked. Yeah, that, that would have ruled. Turkey has this funny habit, right? Because the military is sort of the institute of, of Kemal Ataturk, and he was, like, the, the founder of democracy in Turkey. So, like, everyone, like, every, like, decade or so, there's, like, a military coup to put in a supposedly democratic leader, but then because they were put in by a military coup, they're not democratic. And so it gets worse and worse and worse, and then the military's like, shit, this isn't democratic. Ataturk would want us to be democratic. So they do a coup and they put in another leader. 
it's very funny. It's a very weird cultural thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, Turkey bad. Um, Sykes Picot agreement that would have been pretty thick. Um, for those but of you who don't happen. know, that was the plan to divide up Turkey, uh, and make it like much smaller after World War One. That was never implemented. Um. One can only dream. They just took away their colonies. Yeah. Um, so I think that's going to do it for us, right? If, is there anything else either of you want to add or grift or plug? Um, not really. Oscar, you got anything? Follow me on Twitter. Uh, yeah. At Shively at... underscore okay. So give me a Try follow Try getting there. a reservation at Dorsey and now, you bastard. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, if that's the case... Um, we will see you probably next week. Yeah. I'm sure there will be a lot of news in between now and then. Oh, and I think um, we'll definitely be talking about this again. Oh, well, yeah, because there will be a lot more that will have happened. Um, so, I've been Malcolm. I've been Declan. I've been Oscar. And this has been your Juno.